Welcome back, everybody, to All Good Points. I am your host, as always, Ricky Gray Jr., but today, I'm not just your host. I'm going to be your guide, taking you away from the bright lights of primetime sports and taking you on a journey down to the obscure, strange, and frankly impractical world of sports. I'm talking lightsaber fencing, real-world Quidditch, competitive ironing, and the mysterious world of chess boxing. So let's take a walk on the wild side this week and talk about some stuff that you've never even heard of. I'm Ricky Gray Jr., and this is All Good Points. Now let's get to it. So I hope you guys enjoyed that ominous music as much as I did, because I really freaking enjoyed it. But what I want to do is I want to take you guys back. I want to wind the clocks back a little bit. Do you remember when you were kids and you got those flashlight swords and you and your siblings or your friends would run around acting like knights or characters from Star Wars? Well, let me introduce you to Lightsaber Fencing, the real-life version of Obi-Wan versus Anakin, except nobody dies and comes back as Darth Vader, which is fine, which is fine, I guess. But what's super interesting about this is that the French Fencing Federation, say that three times fast, I dare you, I've been practicing, French, and I messed it up, either way, but they recognized it as an actual sport, three-minute bouts of Star Wars-style lightsaber fencing. Now, what I read about it was the Federation was worried that too many young people were spending time indoors instead of outdoors, so they were outdoors doing activities or, you know, whatever. Um, So what they did was they recognized lightsaber fencing as an actual sport, which was something that they were already doing in their communities. So I thought that was super cool, and then I read a story that um, I actually want to share with you guys for a little bit. So there was a police officer, or is a police officer, his name is Felipe Bondi, um, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, but he's 49 years old, he's been practicing fencing for 20 years, and he was drawn to lightsaber fencing due to his love for Star Wars. I thought that was pretty damn amazing. Like, I think that's really cool. So he picked up a green lightsaber because, you know, he said that Yoda is his master. Um, so he's kind of part of the, like, good guy committee. Committee, And you guys can't see me, but I'm throwing quotations around good guy committee. Because if I can say committee correctly, like, once in a sentence, I'm going to be happy. But either way, it's part of the good guy committee. Um, and I'm putting quotations around that because what is good and what is evil? You know what I mean? That's the existential question that we can't really answer yet. But either way. He, um, he picked up his lightsaber and he joined up on a, one of the tournaments that was really, really cool. I watched a little bit of it. Um, and it's cool because it's like all of these like, you know, green and red and, you know, blue. And these people spend crazy, crazy money on their lightsabers and stuff, which I thought was super dope because that means people are excited. If people are excited about something, then it's going to do well. That's the way that it works. You know, as long as you're excited, as long as there's love for it, it's going to do well. Now, the crazy thing is, it's Star Wars, so Star Wars is worldwide, so you're going to see people start to get into this in your own community. You're going to walk by, like, a community, committee, Jesus Christ, committee bulletin board. I'm going to say committee correctly. I promise. I'm going to. Um, but you're going to walk by and see, like, you know, sign-ups for, uh, lightsaber fencing and I think that's great because it's going to get the younger people out of their homes and you know joining clubs and things like that I think that's really really cool so the way that it works um is that they're uh three minute rounds right and it's first to 15 the first person to 15 wins now if both of the competitors get to 10 it turns into like the sudden death kind of thing like obi-wan versus darth except like i said before nobody dies which is okay we're good nobody dies i'm not i am not going to advocate for somebody dying anyways um but i thought that was really cool like people are getting super excited about it 
spending tons of money on their lightsabers. I saw a couple of guys that were dual wielding like Darth Maul style, you know, um, like attaching them and kind of turning it into a staff. I will be honest, they did not fare well. So if I'm going to give advice, I'm going to say do not, do not dual wield because you will lose unless you're really damn good. If you're really damn good, continue to dual wield. Um, But I think that this is something that actually could catch on. Now, there was only 34 competitors that came to the first tournament, um, so obviously it's not going to be an Olympic sport yet or anything like that. But imagine that, like, the day that you're watching the Olympics and the next, like, event up is lightsaber fencing. That's crazy. I think it's super awesome, though. I think it has a ton of potential. I think it's got a, a lot of room to grow and do well in everybody's community and things like that. I think that's great. I think it's doing something really positive for the kids, for kids that, you know, they LARP or kids that play D&D or, or things like that. Like, you there's there's such a big reach out there um as far as like star wars goes like you have guys that are in their 50s and 60s that love star wars and and maybe they want to get active again and they could do something like this i think that's amazing i think the 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 french uh federation or french fencing federation that is hard to say i promise you it is hard to say but i think they're doing something really positive here and i think that there's a lot of room to grow and i hope to see um a lot more people joining. If you want to start a club in your own community, I think that'd be great. You could actually get a lot of traffic going. A lot of people are interested in Star Wars. A lot of people want to do lightsaber fencing. So go for it. Now what we're going to do is we're going to move on. Now we start with we started with like one of our least obscure ones, okay? That's that's not too obscure. That's not too extreme. So we're going to move forward and it's just going to get progressively better. So stick around. We got another one coming up. Now, if my nerdy, like, sports guys that, you know, they love the basketball, the football, and stuff like that, but they got excited when they heard about lightsaber fencing, you guys are going to like this next one, okay? Because I know, I know for a fact that I have some Harry Potter fans out there. I know, I know I've got some people that are excited about Harry Potter. So listen to this. Real life Quidditch is running rampant in Vermont. Now, they call it the Muggles version because they can't fly, but besides that, it pretty much looks the same. They blend basketball and rugby with some elements of hockey and dodgeball. I watched a match on YouTube, and I was pretty damn impressed. Now, it takes, I'm not going to say it takes a lot to impress me. It doesn't take a lot to impress me. I get impressed by pretty much anything. But the way that it works is they have five balls, the quaffle, which they use a volleyball. They get uh, three bludgers, which they use dodgeballs. And, of course, the snitch. They use a tennis ball. It's, it's pretty damn cool, okay? So one of the rules is the players have to keep the broom in between their legs like they were flying. They use a grass field with uh, 60 yards. Um, they have hoops set up just like they do in Quidditch. I think that's really, really freaking boss. Like, they set it up exactly the same. Um, and, of course, the way that you do it is you can use the bludgers to knock players out temporarily, and you catch the snitch to end the game. So essentially, just like Quidditch. Now... I thought that was really cool when I was reading about it because I was I was doing some research looking up some obscure sports because I want to do multiple episodes of obscure sports. So I wanted to kind of start off like get you guys introduced to it a little bit. But I thought this was really damn cool. Like I, I was looking at this going, OK, now this isn't necessarily obscure. This is pretty damn cool. So it has to be in the episode. It was almost just like how, the, how I felt about um, lightsaber fencing, which I was like. Looking at it going, okay, yeah, that's kind of strange, but at the same time, it's pretty damn cool too. So this is another time that they take a movie and a book that's internationally known and they turn it into a sport, like a real life sport that you guys can play. You guys can start a Quidditch community in your state or in your city or around your town or whatever. You can start that. 
The rules are simple, all, and all you need is a volleyball, three dodgeballs, and a tennis ball, and you're playing Quidditch. All you got to do is set up the hoops, maybe use some PVC pipe or anything like that. It's not that complicated. It's really not. So I thought that was awesome because you have kids that love Harry Potter. Like, kids love Harry Potter. You want your kid to play a sport, and maybe they're not into the to the standard sports of, you know, uh, football, basketball, and baseball, or anything like that. Maybe they're not into that, but maybe, maybe, just maybe, they're into Harry Potter. Maybe they have a group of friends that are into Harry Potter. And you can be like, you know what? Let's set it up at the park. Let's get some teams together. This is good for parents. This is good for kids. This is good for anybody who loves Quidditch, who loves watching those Harry Potter movies where they're playing Quidditch. Like, this is great. I I saw this and I thought that this was great. So another thing that they do that's kind of cool is they try to keep the team's gender balanced. So four, if I remember correctly, four people of the same sex can't be on the field at the same time. So you could have, you know, three guys and one girl or two guys and two girls or three girls and one guy. You can mix it up however you want. I thought that was awesome, man, because the way that they're doing this, they're not excluding anybody. Anybody can play this game. I think that's awesome. Um, so I was I was watching this and I was like, man, I wonder how far they're going to take this. Here's the crazy thing. They have a Columbia College tournament already. This is something I didn't even know about until I like read deeper into it. And I was like, wait, OK, so they're already far with this. Like they're already moving this forward. They're getting more people involved. A whole college is playing this game. Now, another cool thing is that players can tackle each other. That's pretty damn cool. Okay, they're they're keeping some of the rough and tumble stuff like you can get pads. They tell people like you can get pads. Um, helmets aren't necessary or anything like that. But I, I I'm guessing like eventually they'll be like, you know what, maybe use leather helmets, because if you're tackling people, you probably are going to need like at least a leather helmet. But I thought that was pretty damn cool that they're already big on one particular college, Columbia. Um, they already have tournaments going now. I thought that was cool. And then it moved on to being a major league Quidditch. There is already major league Quidditch. So I'm waiting for the day that I hear a Quidditch draft. I'm waiting for that day. The day that I'm sitting down and I'm like going over sports news and they're like, the draft for Quidditch is tomorrow. I'm going to be like, okay, now wait a second. This just blew up right in front of my face. So you heard it here first. If it blows up, it's because of me. Okay. I did it. I controlled it. I, I put it out there into the ether for everybody to play. That's all me. Um, I'm not going to take credit for that. There's also, you know, people that are promoting it and things like that. But hey, look, if you heard it here first, you make sure to tell them, I heard that at all good points first. I already knew this was going to happen. Um, but yeah, I was sitting there, I was watching this and I was watching, you know, they, they have these, these YouTube videos of it. There's a ton of them. I was watching them and I was like, man, these guys are having a ton of fun. So I texted a good friend of mine, um, that is super, super into Harry Potter and her sons are into Harry Potter. So I texted her and I was like, Hey, there's real life Quidditch. So that's pretty damn cool. Brittany, if you're listening, I th- I actually think it's pretty cool too. After watching a couple episodes or a couple of uh, matches of it, I actually think it's pretty damn cool. So there was your second obscure sport. Now we're going to get to some deep stuff. All right. I'm, I'm about to hit you guys with some serious like shock value stuff. All right. Let's go. Okay. So what if I told you there was a sport where ironing in extreme conditions was the goal? Are you intrigued? If so, you need to check out extreme ironing. There is literally a picture of guys ironing while skydiving. So Germany basically got this going, but now nations like Austria, Croatia, Chile, and Australia are showing interest 
uh, for the sport. I think that's crazy. I was I was looking at some of like the the pictures and videos, and there was these guys that were like you know standing in like waist deep water ironing. This is their sport. Like you have to understand, there's a different level of um, I guess I'll say boredom um, that that comes with ironing in extreme conditions. There was a guy that rock climbed with an ironing board strapped to his back, got to the top of the cliff and started ironing. Took the picture, started ironing at the top of the cliff. It's crazy, right? That's crazy. Now, this just goes to show um, the level of, I don't want to say, it's not petty. The word that I'm, I'm not looking for the word petty. I'm, I'm, trying to think of like what I could use as a word to describe this as a sport but it's a real thing like everybody's like you know racing to you know the most extreme kind of thing like you know people doing it in hurricanes or whatever ironing the one that I saw that was like the most common was people doing it in water though I thought that was like really strange because one I was like okay what what is that iron connected to because obviously it's not connected to anything but I think one of the main goals is like who can get the most iron shirt and I think one that's strange as a competition but two like what is the point of ironing a shirt in extreme conditions because it's not like you're about to put the shirt on you know but I did think that it was cool that the guys took an ironing board up there with them in the plane skydived and then our sky dove. I don't know if it, if the past tense of that is sky dove, but either way, um, jumped out of a plane with an ironing board and started ironing in the middle of the air. That's crazy. Okay, that's that's just a crazy thing to do. Um, obviously that iron wasn't connected to anything, but it was still one of those things where it's like, okay, somebody's getting a picture of these guys ironing. One, the other question I have is, when you pull the chute, did you just let the iron and the ironing board drop to the ground? Because if you did, that's pretty messed up. Or did you carry it all the way down? Because then you're just carrying more weight doesn't really make a whole lot of sense either way I thought it was really really wild to see um I was watching like some some like weird explanation of like why they started doing this none of it makes sense okay I can't I can't put this into words to make sense but at the same time hey you need those clothes ironed on the go these are the guys to hire. You go and get yourself like an extreme ironing uh, committee group or whatever or a team and you you take them with you to travel and be like, hey, look, we're up in the air right now. We're on this plane. I, I need you guys to iron this shirt by the time we get down. They're going to figure out a way to do it. Whether they have to jump out of the plane and meet you where you're going, they're going to figure out some sort of way to do it. I thought it was bonkers. I was I was looking at some of the stuff, man, and I was kind of like taken aback by it. But I, I'm serious. Google it. If you if you don't believe me, Google it. They had a tournament for who like would win. And then I was like, well, how do you pick a winner? Like the person that does the most extreme thing or the person that gets the most iron shirt? Doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But hey, it's not about making sense, man. It's not about making sense. It's about being obscure. It's about being extreme. I thought that was X game style extreme. But, but here's the fun part i found something that is more extreme than ironing in the air and we're gonna get to that right now now i've got to be honest with you guys i saved my favorite one for last chess is probably the most cerebral game you can play right probably the most takes the most brain power it's all about strategy thinking three steps ahead and thinking about your opponent's next move honestly it's a lot like boxing. So fuck it. Let's blend the two with chess boxing. It's 
It's a global thing that's going on right now. You guys could watch chess boxing if you wanted to. It's 11 rounds of alternating between chess and boxing. What is better than getting your ass kicked for a round and then going and playing chess? Think about that. You get punched in the head 24-7. I'm a mixed martial artist. I know this stuff. If I got... If I was getting punched for one round and somebody was like, hey, play chess, I would be sitting there like Rocky being like, yo, Adrian, I, I don't know how to play chess. What what am I doing? Hey, Adrian. You know, like I'd, I'd be completely bonkers and wigged out the whole time, right? So here's the funny thing. It's three-minute rounds, okay? You can win by knockout, obviously. You can win by checkmate or decision. Now, here's my thing. If, if you win by decision, did you win by decision based off of the fight or based off of how well you played chess? Because you've got like a guy that's like got some some onset concussion going on playing chess and he starts eating the pieces. What do you do? What do you do? Do you step in and you're like, hey, well, this guy won because he's dedicated to the game. Or is it like, OK, we need to get this guy to a hospital. It's crazy, right? I, I was watching like a bunch of YouTube videos. Go on YouTube right now. Look up uh, chess boxing. All good points, fam. Go look up chess boxing. It's gonna. It will completely change your life. The fact that this is happening. Like this is a real thing. This is. This started in 2003 by um, a Dutch guy. I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name. Should have wrote down his name. Can't remember it either way. But it started by a Dutch guy in 2003. And I'm. I'm sitting there going, okay. So maybe the guy loved chess and he loved boxing and he said, you know what, man fuck it what would it be like to see people box and then play chess in between rounds now the funny thing is after you're done with your boxing round you get like 15 seconds to snap out of it and play chess the other thing is they just keep the board the same and and they bring it back out like what if you don't remember what moves you made it's crazy is it cerebral yes is it dangerous? Yes. Is it obscure? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Like you want to you want to tell me you want to jump in a ring with somebody, box them and then the next round play some chess? That's not what you're thinking about doing. Nobody's thinking about playing chess while they're boxing. But it brings an interesting kind of like perspective to boxing, okay? Because boxing is a lot like chess. It's a lot about and and boxing boxing and uh I should say uh, fighting sports to begin with is a lot like chess. It's very cerebral. You need to understand what your what your opponent is going to do. You need to understand what your next moves are going to be. You have to be able to pick up on those things. If you don't, you're going to lose. So it, it works the same way as chess. Now, I don't think blending them was such a good idea um, because, look, you, you I, I do understand that people are doing it, but I just don't think that it's very smart. Um, is it entertaining? Absolutely. Like, this is one of the most entertaining things that I think anybody could watch. I was sitting there watching um, a whole bunch of videos, just compilation videos of everything. Guys getting knocked out, guys finishing around, sitting down on a, on a you know, some, some chairs and, and playing some chess. And I was just like, you know, maybe they are onto something. Now, this isn't anything that you're going to see as an Olympic sport or anything like that, because obviously people think that it's way too dangerous to do. Um, so you'll probably have to go to, you know, YouTube to actually watch it. But I will tell you that it is probably one of the most entertaining things that you could watch. Like it's, it's not, I mean, maybe I don't even think I'm describing it as being boring, but if I am describing it as being boring, just watch one video. If you watch one video, I guarantee you, you'll watch like three more after that, because it is that entertaining. You see these guys, you know, they're boxing each other. They're, they're relatively good boxers. And then they sit down and they start playing chess and it's like, okay, just dead action. And it's like, all right, 
well, now let's let's see these guys play chess. Now, for the first two, for, you know, the real-world Quidditch and the, uh, you know, lightsaber fencing, I was advocating, you know, getting children involved in this. Do not get your children involved in this. If they want to box, sure, let them do that. If they want to play chess, sure, do that. Do not start a background children chess boxing league. Don't do that, okay? Do do not do that. Leave that completely out there. There's no reason to do that. Um, I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it, as much as I enjoyed researching these obscure sports. Believe me, I will be coming back with obscure sports and things like that. Uh, next week, we'll probably move back into our rotation of covering things going on in professional sports um, and some of the less obscure ones, um, some of the some of the more popular ones that you guys know and love. Um, but I really wanted to open your guys' eyes uh, to some of the things that go on in the world that we just have no idea about. And I thought it was crazy. I thought it was a lot of fun um if you guys if you guys want to support the show <clears throat> sorry my voice cracked again if you guys want to support the show uh make sure to give a five-star review on itunes or spotify or wherever you guys listen to podcasts you can actually catch my show on a new website it's uh the coming right up network um it's coming right up.org uh that's you can go to find me there i'm on at, on wednesdays at uh 1 p.m um, so you guys can catch me there. That is my time slot. Um, I had a lot of fun recording this episode, guys. I'm not going to lie. Uh, so I hope to see you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Ricky Gray. This was All Good Points signing out. You guys have a great sports weekend.